In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a, a golem woman made out of fire, and I'm Evan. I'm an Iron Maiden demon trapped at the bottom of the ocean, and I'm Ronnie. In case you couldn't tell from that uh, opening, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering the Heath Ledger-led inspirational fantasy journey, Roar. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about some other stuff. What other stuff are we going to talk about, Andy? Have I have I asked you guys if you had to eat a single Pokemon, which one would you eat? <laughs> no. Well, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like the real obvious answer here is Tauros. It's just a cow. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go there at all. You, that's you, a bull. You do have to kill it to eat it. Like, like you have yeah. to spend... Here's oh, the rules. Gosh. Here's the rules. You have to spend 24 hours with this Pokemon, and then you have to be the one to kill it to eat it. Like, you gotta cook it yourself. It's the most annoying, unbearable Pokemon. Psyduck. Evan has whipped out his Pokedex and is, is scrolling through to try and find a fucking victim. Like some sort I, of serial killer. I think um, my answer is Psyduck. I think that's, I think that's the one. That's a, that's a good answer. Um, because it, it is annoying. And also it's a duck. And like a nice roast duck on a spit. Just a suckling duck. Is uh, it would be quite delicious, even if it does have psychic powers. Could Eat it the brain psychic, first? Could it psychic power you into not killing it? Could it probably could? I'm not. I'm very weak minded. <laughs> um. Oh, jeez. I don't know if I could spend 24 hours with Psyduck though. Like no, any 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 it, of the bug Pokemon seem real dumb. So. That wouldn't make me feel bad. Yeah, but would you, would you eat a like? See, okay, you immediately went to which one would give me the least like heavy conscious, and I immediately went to which Pokemon would be the tastiest. Well, Andy's rules were that you have to personally put it down. Kill it. Yeah. Bugs are easy to kill, and like Psyduck, Psyduck's probably a good one, but it is a large duck, and it, it has is a big duck. It is kind of adorable powers. too. Yeah, it is a door. Yeah, I'm not saying I wouldn't feel bad, but if if I'm on the spot, it's not going to be Pikachu, you know. I'd eat the shit out of Pikachu. Could I? Could I like recruit like a nice Charmeleon to come in and just help me like roast this side down? Absolutely, sure. That um, that that's what I would do. I would probably, because then it, then you kind of share the blame a little bit. I would probably pick uh like Jigglypuff. Because, first of all, it's so absurd that it does not look anthropomorphic in any way. Like, I, I can't look at that and think like, oh no, I'm, I'm killing a little mouse or a little uh, dog or something. Like, it just looks like a sphere with a face. It, it looks like Kirby and like, I can't, I can't emotionally project onto that very much, even though it's got a face. Also, like, it's got the most annoying voice. And uh, it would not put up much of a fight. It's got tiny little short limbs. So I'm going to say Jigglypuff. I would absolutely eat it. It would probably taste like angel food cake. I hope. 
Hmm. I would have thought like a big juicy grape. <laughs> I mean, maybe we won't know until we do it. Let's let's dig into this Jigglypuff. Andy, wh- what Pokemon are you diving in on? I think probably Muck or Grimer. Why? Because mm. I, I I just drink them up. I just <laughs> jam a straw in there and just slurp down. I mean, I do think that they are literally just like anthropomorphized ocean pollution. Like, I think yeah, they're, they're just like they're slime. I just drink them up. You, you I already put drink- such. I already put such filth in my body anyways that just yeah. drinking a big pile of mucus. It can't like- be worse than all the pizza I eat. <laughs> mm, I love pizza mm. rolls. Is there a pizza Pokemon? <laughs> there definitely is by this point. There's I really like 4,000 of these There's an ice cream Pokemon. There's a Pokemon that's just an ice cream cone. I really only know the original 151. Like, I don't yeah. know these new boys that well. Uh, so if there's a pizza Pokemon, I'd eat the shit out of that. Togepi probably. would probably be tasty. Yeah, Togepi's just a soft-boiled egg. Yeah. The, the the weird boy that turns into all the other boys, but like a bad version of like like not like an accurate version of them. What, what, what song's that? Ditto? Yeah, Ditto. Could Ditto turn into a pizza? I'm sure Ditto could. But I think that Ditto would still taste like a Ditto, which I have to imagine is just kind of like Play-Doh. I I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm sure Ditto tastes like Play-Doh. Which, like, uh, you you could go to the store right now and get, like, a Play-Doh set that makes pizza. You could just have that. (laughs) We're living the dream. We're living in a fantasy world right here. We can buy Play-Doh and make it into pizza. Mm Mm-hmm. That's exactly what Ditto tastes like. Oh, that's, I'm sticking with Grimer then. I'm just going to drink that boy right <laughs> up. I mean, Grimer's better than Muck. I'll give you that. Grimer at least has some like form that looks like there's some consistency there. Well, there's that really gay Muck. The oh, hella really gay, gay Muck. There's yeah. a new form that comes in rainbows. So I oh. maybe, maybe that one maybe that one tastes like I don't know ice unicorn cream. flesh. Okay. Yeah. Squirtle would probably make a good soup. Oh, I like Squirtle, though. I do, too. It's got a cute little, uh, you know, people face, almost. It's got little arms and little legs. Which one would be the most difficult for you to eat? Hmm. The most difficult. Yeah, like on a moral level. Probably, like, like Machop or any of the ones that just yes, like very, a, little, Mr. a little guy. Mr. Mime, you know? Mr. Mime would be pretty uh, rough. Mi- Mr. Mime would not be quite as hard for me to kill. I no? Think. Mr. Mime is scary looking. M- like, Machop just look, looks like a little child. Yeah, Machop just looks child. like a slightly odd little child. Have you seen the Mr. Mime from the new Detective Pikachu trailer? Yes, it's horrifying. But like, imagine yes, like killing that might be like, you know, doing god's work for them but like (laughs) but like but then he has that like terrifying like sad face and you're just supposed to like chomp down on that that's where i would that's where i would any of the evolutions you gotta cut it into fillets you can't just like eat its arm looking like an arm you're not pulling it like a uh sabrina where you're just like eating this this thing raw yeah that was a spoiler for Sabrina on Netflix, but it's been out it's for like two weeks. not much of a spoiler. You yeah, they just say eat, who they eat. They just eat fucking people on that show. Anywho, any of the evolutions would be tough for me to put put on my plate. Yeah, they Because they're like just a, puppies. Yeah, yeah, I love they them. They look like little cat dog animals. Mm-hmm. I love them so much. Yeah. 
Or Bulbasaur. Mm. Bulbasaur is so cute. Bulbasaur is so cute. Oh, oh, I, I would never, never be able to. Yeah, I could never. His little, his little face and his little dinosaur. All right, let's talk about this show. Okay. What, what about Geodude? Is Geodude like fleshy underneath that rocky shell? Or is I he don't, just, is he I just don't. rocks all the way to the center? I, I've always imagined that he was literally just made out of rocks. Me too, but, but like he's got a mouth and <laughs> presumably eats things. I don't know. He's got mucus membranes. I don't know. Uh, I think under that, if I could crack open that tough Geodude shell, there might be some real good meat in there, I think. Maybe, he, yeah, maybe it's like a crab. Maybe he tastes, or maybe like oyster or something. Oh, like Krabby would be a good Pokemon to eat. That is true. Krabby is not very human. It just looks like a crab, literally, and it doesn't yeah. have much personality. Yeah. So which show are we talking about? <laughs> We are still talking about Roar. It feels like it's been forever. Yeah, well, especially since we did a little heckin' mistake and uh, we watched not enough episodes last time, and you so we can... had to wa- we had Listen, to watch. Put it on me. Put it all on me. That was that was uh, Ronnie's heckin' mistake. I can't put that all on you because I did not even like check to see if you like. I didn't even look at an episode list. I was just like, oh, two episodes? Sounds good. I just I just decided it was two episodes with such profound confidence that everyone was like, all right, Ronnie's got this. Anyway, so we uh, had to watch five whole diggity dang episodes this time. They, it was a lot. It sure was a lot. Um, so now I am going to do that thing I do where I go through all of them for you, every last one of these five. Ugh. All right. There's five fucking episodes that we watched, guys. <laughs> and I just, they were wild. Like, maybe not as wild as episode, what was it, seven with the crosses and the moaning. But um, they, they did have a lot going on. All right. Here we go. Uh, episode nine. Uh, Catelyn breaks a skull in a crypt, and she gets possessed by a ghostie with a spooky voice, who we know thanks to some very recent flashbacks as of this episode that uh, this ghost is her sister, who was also a slave, but uh, was sold to a brothel owner as opposed to whoever Catelyn was sold to. We don't know. Um, The sister ghost is mad that Catelyn had like a slightly less shitty experience as a slave than she did, presumably. Uh, And so the spooky ghost sister wants to like murder Catelyn via some 1973 exorcist bullshit, like skin legions and thrashing. Uh, So the the gang is like, I don't know, maybe uh, our frenemy Longinus can save her because he's an evil wizard or something. And for some reason, he does that. He does help <laughs> them for some reason. Um, episode 10. So episode 10 is just a contrivance to like make the gang do a fantasy obstacle course. Longinus like, has this scheme that like the Gaelic people, if they're on edge all the time... They'll, like, turn to Rome for help, and they'll be easier to control, because they're, like, spooked. So, like, he hires this woman to just, like, make a bunch of traps, and I guess he's, like, testing them out on 
Connor and the gang. So she just puts traps all over the place, and they have to dodge a bunch of traps. And um, they're, they're all fine, except that Tully is injured very early on in this episode, and they, like, whisk him off somewhere, and then he never turns back up again, and no one ever brings it up <laughs> for the rest of the show. Tully is out. Tully's out. Tully's just gone. Um, I presumably he died. I don't know, but yeah, he had been uh just sort of lurking around in the background for quite a few episodes, and now he's just gone, and nobody ever brings it up. Uh, episode eleven. So Connor makes a deal with the shady guy who gets his family's remains back, puts them in a, a chest. And uh, then Connor goes to this town that I guess his dad was from to bury them. And everyone in the town is like, I don't know, Longinus seems cool. And also I heard that your dad was a little bitch. And Connor's like, fuck you guys. My dad wasn't a little bitch. And if I got to fight Longinus to prove it, I will. And then meanwhile, uh, Diana is real sick of Longinus being like a weirdo and just being around in general. Uh, So she tries to catch a boat back to Rome and she misses the boat and like resigns herself to being queen of this shithole and decides that if she's going to be queen of the shithole, then Longinus has to go. So that's like a moment she decides on her the rest of her life course of action or motivation i guess uh episode 12 uh this one was weird connor and fergus and molly set up this very very elaborate series of lies where molly and connor pretend to be banging and connor and fergus pretend to have a knife fight over it and fergus fakes his own death and it's all an elaborate scheme to help diana trap longinus in a giant birdcage and throw him in the ocean so that she can be in charge again. I like I could not possibly explain all the ins and outs of how and why that plan worked in a this summary. One had, this one had more twists than a bag of Twizzlers. Sure, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all of these lies and, and deceptions resulted in Longinus being trapped in a birdcage and dropped to the bottom of the ocean. Uh, all right, episode 13, here we are, kind of a non-sequitur, but, like, Longinus is gone now, so we have to have some other kind of plot. Um, Connor and Fergus accidentally give life to some kind of beautiful woman-shaped uh, golem, and some guy at one of Diana's parties, like, desperately wants to bang her, which we know from Jewish, Jewish ethicists that you're not supposed to do to golems. They've already established this. So they're, they're trying to protect this golem woman from this guy who wants to bang her. And then they they come back across this weird alchemist who, like, created her in the first place and has a an army of beautiful woman golems that he keeps in a cave. Basically, then, because Connor is nice to them, they all realize that they're like constructs and abominations against nature and so they throw themselves into a lava pit and that's the end of the show that's the end of (laughs) roar cause you're gonna hear me Connor
Ledger. <laughs> Thank you for rewriting. Yeah, that there. had I kind of didn't have a, an end to that when I started it. Um, so that was a wild and crazy uh, ride that we were just on. It, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's focus on these five episodes of Heath Ledger's Heath Ledger's Roar. Um, Andy. Yeah. How did you feel about these five episodes of Roar? Did they work for you? Um, some worked and some didn't, and and it's it's tough to take them as a whole. But I'm gonna say, yeah. Like I thought, two of them were very bad, and I thought one was okay, and I thought two were good. So like. I'm as in the middle on this as I can possibly be, but I'll say, yeah, they they worked. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Did these five episodes of the good, good Heath Ledger's roar work for you? I agree with Andy insofar as there were some some good-er ones in there, some good-ish ones, but uh, I'm gonna land on the other side of the fence i don't think they quite worked i don't oh. think they quite pulled it out um they, like it was certainly an improvement over like the last batch that we watched there were some watchable ones in there but i i mean as a whole i was not looking forward to just carrying on watching more of them so hey ronnie hey yeah how how did you find these five episodes of roar I found them in a big bag of golden coins because that's the value that I place on these episodes. I loved these episodes. Hey, you're with me. I am. And honestly, I don't like there are bits of episodes that I think that were like, eh, this didn't really work. That didn't really work. But for me, I feel like every episode as a whole really worked for me. I loved these episodes. You're you're harder on it than I am. I am. Yeah. I am. I'm, I'm glad we were on the same. We have a pretty even spread across yeah. the board. Uh, yeah, I just thought that they really brought it home. And there, were, of course, were some problematic bits that I was kind of like, yeah, I could done without that, but it didn't really. We, mar we did the finally episodes. get chainmail bikinis. We couldn't get we through the roar there. without chainmail bikinis. We, we, we sure there. did. Oh God! In the eleventh hour, they showed. <laughs> they they up. slid it in there. They're like, "We're getting canceled. Let's get some <laughs> chainmail bikinis." Oh fuck! So so let's. Uh, I guess I guess I'll be talking the most, and, and you as well, Andy. Uh, let's talk well, about what. Good. Uh, since since I have the shortest list, why don't we bang out my list of of likes? First, sure. That's okay. Yeah. What? 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 Evan, what'd you like about uh about these five episodes of Heath Ledger's Heath Heath Ledger's lore? Heath Ledger's lore. Heath Ledger's lore. That also could be a good show. I thought that episode twelve was the strongest of the bunch. Um, I do like that they they clearly were trying to get back to this kind of like fun, sort of campy, episodic frenemies thing that was working for them in the first couple of episodes and that we praised them for, like where Diana was in charge. She's back in charge. Excellent. Uh, Longinus was kind of this weird distraction of a side character. 
He's back to being a weird distraction of a side character. Good. He's at the mm-hmm. bottom of the ocean. Yes, excellent. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was some there was some comedy beats in there, especially in episode twelve. I think there was some stuff that actually landed. There was some weirdly anachronous like jokes in there where uh, Dunn asked if Connor bleaches his hair. Like he was like, "Oh, is that is that his natural color, or does he do the lime?" Which is like mm-hmm. is a real thing that they had even back then. You could like put lime in your hair, and it would like make it stand straight up and turn yellow. But um, yeah, so he made like a like a very anachronistic modern joke, and just some of the humor in there was like weirdly out of place, but it like worked. Like it was self aware enough that it was it was very funny. So, yeah, that one that one definitely worked. I like that we keep circling back to this mud fetish. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we remarked several times at the beginning of the show about, like, bathing in mud and, like, other people, like, doing weird things with mud. And now we have this mud golem at the end who this dude wants to bang. Uh, that, was, that was very funny to me. I sort of liked episode nine because, like... I like horror movies and I like possession movies and it was definitely like making a lot of reference to possession movies and it was a little bit spooky. And I think episode 11 like worked okay. Longinus's motives throughout this whole period that he was in charge have been so bizarre, but like the premise of that one was relatively clear. Like, I want to bury my family here. I got to prove to you all that I'm a good guy in spite of these rumors that you've heard. So, like, the plot was straightforward. There was some fighting. There was some side characters with some emotions. That So that was fine. There was a lot of things I don't like, but that was pretty much my whole list of, of hard likes. So, Ronnie, let's just go back and forth, you and I. Let's just do it. Let's, let's, let's I'll, kill it. I'll, I'll poke in as appropriate. We got more, more Fergus singing and, like, more singing yep. in general. And I just loved that. I, I It made it really feel like a fantasy to me. And I think part of that is because of how much singing is prevalent in like Tolkien and Lewis books. Like the dwarves and the hobbit are always singing and the elves are always singing and the goblins are always singing. And so having like all of these characters randomly break out in song might not be like entirely realistic, but it definitely makes it feel like a fantasy story to me. Yeah, and they and they all know the songs, and everyone just like kind of starts it up, and they go in around, and and it's and it's great. It was awesome. It was very good. Um, I just like that it got weird again. It like, was very weird. It was very weird from the second that we found uh the the bad bad leprosy ghost in the in the tomb of skulls, like, <laughs> and like the face came out of the wall. I was like, okay, this is scary. I'm a little scared, but we're back to weird town, and I'm on board for it. I loved when in the crypt, Fergus was going to kill the mouse, and then Connor stops him and is like, wait, that might be our druid friend? <laughs> and, like, that was very funny to me. That joke mm-hmm. landed very hard. It, I feel like everything was either weird or cool or weird and cool. Like, the whole um, trapped on trap island, as I called it, felt very, like... Oh, the 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 
deadliest prey. What are the the whatever the most it's dangerous called? game? The most dangerous game is is man, and they were running around from all these things. But then we got down, or uh, Catelyn or, or Molly got down into the cave, and she found the tree goat man. <laughs> Who are you? A digger, the man that got away. They're hunting you too. No, trying to avoid me. I terrify them. I love the tree goat man. <laughs> he was also very good. I might, I might try and see if I can definitely do it. I'm gonna drop in right here. Uh, his one line that just made no sense at all, but I was just like, okay, this is getting weird, and I'm on board for it. How do I know you won't hurt me? Would a hurtful man be a tree? Hard to tell. And if you're smart, when we reach the surface, you'll be a tree too. They don't spear trees. The the trap on trap island as I think a uh, an evil scheme did not make very much sense. No, but I did not care because no. I love traps. I love yeah. traps very much. Yes. Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think, like sparked that love of traps in me, and then like. Playing D and D like has only increased it. Mm-hmm. Traps are great, traps and are those fun. some of those traps were very good, especially yeah. Connor's trick at the end, mm-hmm. where like he put Longinus on blast and had uh, I just call her Guinevere in my mind because she like reminds me of every portrayal of Guinevere from King Arthur. But what the fuck is her actual name? Diana. Diana. Yeah, Diana. Whatever. Um. None of their characters, none of their names matter. Uh, <laughs> Diana, like, is, like, gonna die, and Connor's gonna kill her, and he's like, no, Longinus, you have to decide to do it, and Longinus is like, fine, like, and he sets off the trap, but it was just a trick, and Connor didn't kill her, but, like, because of that, like, it convinced the trap mistress to, like, let Connor go, right. whatever the fuck, it was great. Yeah, well, they, they set up, it, it worked, because, It was like, a good scene. It, it just, like, they built up the entire episode, it was about these terrifying very effective traps and then it comes the end where it's like uh-oh uh-oh it your traps are being used against you but of course connor's not gonna do that like it's yeah. it just like it shows like longinus and and it it kind of like like you said it he puts him on blast and then longinus kind of puts himself on blast by saying like oh i'm not i'm not gonna try and help diana like i'm, I'm gonna let her die and she realizes that and it's like okay it had lasting consequences over. too yeah, like yeah. it their relationship from that point on is over. Like, Diana is now, like, on team fuck Longinus. Uh, mm-hmm. She's not necessarily on team Connor, but she's on team, like, fuck over this evil wizard man. Right. I agree with all the stuff that you guys are saying. I think I was so profoundly distracted by the fact that, like, around episode seven, they tried to make us take Longinus seriously. Like, the show suddenly like, took Longinus very seriously and, like, telegraphed to us that we were supposed to take him seriously. And, like, I was, like, my thought pattern was very disrupted by this series of strange non-sequitur episodes in the middle that did not make sense with the rest of the show. Yeah, that's fair. Those episodes were very bad. And so, like, I I agree with you. Like, they were weird, and they were definitely, definitely trying to get back to this sort of, like, silly campiness. But I was so distracted by the fact that, like, none of Longinus' motivations made sense or could be taken seriously in anything like 
uh, irrational minds. Like he had so many opportunities to kill Connor. So yeah. many. Connor was standing like right in front of him all the time. Nope, that's and fair. He just keeps drifting in and out. Like when he's not in the same room as Connor, he's like, I would do anything to kill Connor. I would give my very life to like have his head on a stake. And then as soon as he's in the same room as Connor, he's like, yeah. It's just, it's Connor's dreamy, dreamy eyes. Could yeah. you could you end the spark that's in those eyes? He's like a he's he's a, he's like a Pikachu. He's just so adorable. You couldn't mm-hmm. kill a Pikachu. You couldn't kill you couldn't kill Connor. Uh, but you uh, can with apparently a very elaborate Bond series of traps. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's indirectly. Yeah, yeah. or like by uh, by making a village turn against him you see how i brought the pokemon bit back in see it (laughs) all made sense i had a plan this whole time anyway uh episodes 11 and 12 what were they 11 was the episode that i titled i just want to bury my dad loved Um, it a great episode (laughs) a very very good episode very good episode it was a little bit like the the magnificent seven I knew yeah. you would like it because of that. I was like, ah, oh, this is the Magnificent Seven episode. It, mm-hmm. it, instead of having like seven people with like very specific but different skills, it's just Connor and Fergus, <laughs> like best bros ever. Yeah. Uh, up to shenanigans, like trying to overthrow this like bigger army. But it is literally the straight up plot of the Magnificent Seven, and I dug it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like you said earlier in, in the uh, in the premise, Evan. It's just like. It is literally just Connor hears that his reputation or his father's reputation is mud. And he's like, well, I could just abandon this village, but not no more. I'm going to stick around and make sure everyone hears about how much of a badass I am. Yeah. It, it Longinus is coming. What, bitch? Watch me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is a little bit of like, it's a very um, like weirdly like white problem like i've had black friends uh specifically uh tyler over at um enter the cage when you and i guested on his show when we talked about uh national treasure 2 how it's like such an absurd problem about like oh my family's name has Mm -hmm. been or like my ancestor's name has been brought through the mud and like tyler talked about like well i'm i'm african-american like y'all took that from me like i don't know my family's ancestry and like to to have like such a huge plot wrapped around that it, it did kind of like make me think of Tyler talking about that sure and how it's a you know that's that is such a like white person problem mm-hmm. and uh it is at the end of the day like a very silly thing to get like emotionally upset about like who cares yep but um yeah so it did make me reflect on on Tyler talking about that and it's a yep. great episode of enter the cage and not just because Ronnie and I are on it but uh, besides that, it's still, like, a really fun episode, even if, like, Connor's motivations are a bit, like, silly. Right. Like, who, who cares about your dad? Like, right. Like, the, the best parts of it for me are not so much when Connor is talking about his dad. It's when he, like, is, like, straight up just, like, I want people to know that I'm a badass. I want yeah. people to know he- to fear my... Like, when he goes to the campfire and he's got, like, a fake brand dirt on, brand yeah. on his arm. And he's like, yeah, I heard they killed 40 people one time. <laughs> all by the- all by themselves. 
And the guy's just like immediately just like, you don't look familiar to me. <laughs> I don't it is, buy this It is some very big dick energy in that episode. Oh, yeah. And it's great. Oh, yeah. The BDE levels are off the charts. And- oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Everyone just- get out your BDE sensors. <laughs> Gotta take some readings. Yeah. Um, so then episode 12 was what I called the gift of a thousand grifts. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Twist- it was a little hard to keep track of, but I it dug was- it. Yeah, and I am so, in. I am no, just like you, Evan. I am gonna in no way, shape, or form try and like connect all the dots for everyone here. But just like I bit on everything, like everything that like they fed me, every line that they were like, "Oh, now," like I honestly thought that Fergus was dead, and I was like, "This is this is terrible." And then I honestly thought that Molly didn't know, and Molly knew, and it's just like. I was like on board for everything and my mind was getting blown every like 12 minutes. And I was like, this so, is great. I was, I was so relieved that Fergus wasn't being an asshole. I the, know. The, I know. The, reason, the specific reason that I like this one so much is because it felt like the show was doing a self call out. Yeah. Like whoever, I, I don't even know. It might be the same writer. I have no idea. But remember how we were all like, oh, Fergus is like weird father jealousy thing is the worst uh like them treating molly like uh, molly has been treated like an object and like she's dumb yes a lot yes yes no good that's no good yeah so like the in this episode fergus's like dad jealousy rage was like an elaborate act right and it was all like, ah, oh, gotcha. I would never try to stab Connor for sleeping with my daughter. What right. What would make you think that? I mean, I bought it because he right. has. But the show was like, we've decided we're not doing that anymore. We've decided right. that, that Fergus has matured as a person. And it's right. a joke now that he would be such a bad guy. It's We've decided that Molly is not dumb and can, of course, be in on this elaborate plan and of course isn't being used as an object so right. yeah. yeah so it, it it all like it it worked the show was like addressing well maybe it wasn't intentional but it certainly felt like the show was sort of like doubling back to address some of the like shitty mistakes that it made and right like, even though the contrived, like, we gotta lie to so-and-so to get them to lie to so-and-so so that <laughs> so-and-so will think this strange thing that will cause them to do this strange action. Like, even though that was all a little bit janky, like, the premise was still good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All of it. Down to, like, the moment where, uh, what's his name? Dunn comes in get stabbed by Diana, and when the, the Roman consulate comes in, she's just like, oh, that's Connor. I killed him. Problem I'm rad. solved. I'm in charge. I'm, yeah. I'm the head bitch in charge here. It was just so... For a second, I thought I felt like like what you were saying, like, it would may have been more powerful if, like, the, you know, Fergus and Molly stuff had totally been put to bed. Like, if that was, like, Fergus is, is over it, he's moved on, but then I don't know that I would have found it as believable. Like the whole the whole twists and turns. Like I think kind of them putting the stake in all that this episode really was was, you know, intentional. I think that they they built up to that when every time I saw Fergus and Molly on the same episode, I was like, no, like this is gonna be terrible. And the whole beginning of this episode, I was like, I hate this episode. This is where it goes wrong for me, because it's more and more of Fergus just being terrible 
to Molly and Connor. And then like as it starts to like unfold and the onion layers peel away, I was like, oh, you you did something here, Roar. You made me think things. You done yeah. got me. Uh, it does feel like they were very aware of how they had fucked up before with like Fergus's and Molly's writing. And um, them kind of acknowledging this and using it to pull the wool over not only the audience's eyes, but like other characters was mm-hmm. was kind of clever. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it And just finishing off with like Longinus kind of being put away that like the one way that you could kill this person who can't die is just based on their own hubris and their own like thinking that they can never die. And they, they are like Teflon. That you yes. can kind of like mentally turn things on them at the last minute and think, hey, just be thinking they have total control and just be like, nope, you have not had control this entire episode. We have totally flipped the script and we've been in control this whole time. And what a clever way to get rid of an immortal wizard man yep. than yep. lock him in a cage where he can't, like he doesn't have any of his magic components. He can't like right. cast spells and then just throw him in the ocean. Yeah. I don't know when they drilled that giant hole in the floor like in Game of Thrones, <laughs> but... <laughs> Every castle's got a moon door. You don't got a moon door in your castle? Well, it's like a... Make the bad ocean, man fly, ocean, mommy! Ocean door. <laughs> a weird little, weird little child. Um, yeah, I just... I don't want to keep talking about this episode for too long, but, like, I know that, like, television shows have to have conflict and episodes have to have, like, confrontation and things like that. And, like, I know that this was all, like, false conflict. Like, they were, there was not a second where, the, like, everything that they wanted didn't happen. But, like, in the midst of all this, like, real turmoil that they're going through, to, like, quote, like, the A-team, like, I just love it when a plan comes together. And it felt like that the entire time, and I was so and, into it. And Diana was a total badass. Yeah. 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 She was great. Took charge. She knew what was going on. The Done. only thing I like from the next episode is Diana's like in charge now as like a figurehead. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a clever solution for Connor to like instate her as a figurehead to keep Rome away. Yeah. And um, in reality, Connor's going to like the people are going to rule themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love the first thing she does as this figurehead is throw a giant Rome orgy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Big hedonism carnival. That was yep. great. This episode, what I like. The rest of this episode is fucking garbage. It's it's in garbage. my opinion. What but I did, what I did like about it is, it is the from beginning to end. It's real horny. This it, this it this is, is a very a horny real episode. horny episode. Sometimes not in <laughs> this, great this, ways, but for the most part, this is from beginning to end a horny episode. Everyone yeah. wants to fuck everyone in this episode. Horny uh-huh. on main. Everyone wants to fuck that poor golem woman. Like. Yeah. It it was like that made me a little uncomfortable to be honest. Like she's functionally a child. Sure. Like I know that sure. she looks like a a a very like busty adult woman with like gorgeous un uh, unlikely for that time period gorgeous highlights in her hair <laughs> and some some tasteful eyeshadow, you know, but like yeah. I mean, uh, and of course, like, granted, to the show's credit, it was framed, like, that one, like, real violent dude with the blue hair who wanted to, like, bang the golem was 
framed as like literally the worst and yeah. they had like a call out moment where like Molly punches him and says like that'll teach you to respect women or something yeah. and I, I don't remember if he gets stabbed or, or what happens to him but uh, yeah like okay they called him out but it was still just not, not real comfortable to watch like yeah. this and a, there were a lot of jokes about it too like Fergus made a lot of jokes about her being naked and like Connor staring at her and all kinds yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah. Are we talking negatives or? Sorry, I brought up some negatives. Sorry, I think it's yeah, okay. I think we're ready to to move on to uh, unless you have some positives left. That it, it was it was again it was weird. I, I liked my only the, positive was how bizarre it was, but it was yeah. also so bizarre that it was kind of hard to latch on to. Yeah, it was it was almost kind like. It was it, the series felt kind of like Game of Thronesy, where like it end like the penultimate episode was like the episode, like it was like the final episode, and then like the finale was like something just very bizarre and kind of sets up a world that's like a next step further. Yeah, um, it was know, definitely it was, the weirdest of all of Roar. Like it was by far yeah. the strangest. So it could have been setting up season two to be like. Yeah, even um, more bizarre and out there, right, but a much uh, more it, fantastical world kind of thing. It, it feels like such an odd way to end this journey. Yeah, um, especially following up from the previous episode. Like anything after that would have been tough standing against it. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, Catelyn just disappears. She's like, kind of in the horny episode, but only to be like, "Hey, what the fuck." Yeah, like, she sort of starts to fade into the background in episode 12, and then in episode 13, she, like, barely exists. The trio is Connor, Fergus, and Molly now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Catelyn's just, like, she's she's gonna pull a Tully. Like, if there was a next episode, she would pull a Tully in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the... Malachi the Magnificent character, I guess he was Uh in episode 13. I think there was a lot of potential there for like a really interesting, like funny character to come in. Like, but he was just so creepy and gross and he didn't have to be. He felt very much racist to me. Sure. In the way that the Nemordians are racist in Phantom Menace and Watto is racist in Phantom Menace. Yeah, I can see that. He felt like they never said he was Jewish, but Mm -hmm. he he was definitely like creating those golems or something or and like then he was also like just the worst stereotypes of like jewish people and then he was also like kind of a sexual predator and it Mm -hmm. just he made me very uncomfortable right and also like the golem is a jewish like yeah it's jewish folklore yeah Yeah. Mm. and so like at first i was like oh cool like this guy's jewish and it's a golem episode like that's kind of neat but then like he was like super anxious and he was backstabby and he had these conspiracies and it was just like, oh, fuck, no, no, yeah, why? Yeah. Why would you bring in this, like, clearly Jewish character and then, like, make it fucking awful and right. make him skeevy and sinister and, like, oh, fuck, no, Roar, don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't Phantom Menace it. <laughs> like, I would have much rather, ha- like, it seemed like they might have been 
I mean, clearly they were not in line with what they whatever they wanted to go for, but it felt very like Wallace Shawn from Princess Bride to me. Like it could have been that kind of character, like kind of just like down on his luck guy who just happens to like get in get in league with these guys and and he didn't have to be creepy, but he still could have had like some jokes and still been like yeah, I've I've assembled this army of all look like check these out like you know check out these like sprites and whatever and didn't have to be like sexual in any way. Yeah, um, I don't know why they did that. No, it 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 yeah. I was like, this is interesting. This is weird. And as soon as we see him again, it's like, oh, you're a super creep. You're the worst kind of person. Yeah, I was so down to have like this kind of bizarre magiciany. Kind of mm-hmm. like low power magic user, like right. like I was into that. And if you want to make him kind of weird and out there, like I'm all for it. Yeah, let's go. But then they they made him like very sexual, which was uncomfortable all around. Yeah. And then all of the like Jew coding was mm-hmm. was just not okay. Like. I would go so far as, uh, yeah, like, I think it was offensive. Um, I'm not Jewish, so, like, I don't want to speak for Jewish people about what's offensive or not, but it, it seemed very wrong to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I genuinely don't think it was intentional, but uh, I think it was revealing some uh, mm-hmm. some ingrained prejudices on the part sure. of whoever Sub- wrote for that. For sure. Subconscious bias, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... In the same way that Lucas, I don't think, was intentionally, like, being racist with some mm-hmm. of his, like, aliens that, that are uncomfortable and, and not okay. Like, I, I don't think he did that on purpose. But, like, I think it shows some of uh, where his mind is at Yeah, with certain people groups. Sure. Sure. Come on, Roar. Anyway, on, Roar. Other, other bad things... Um, they benched, I, they benched their only black character. Yeah, Tully, yeah. Tully Dunn disappeared. Yeah, I was. Uh, I feel like I should take back my praise now because I was like, "Oh, that's so cool! They've got like this, you know, quote unquote historical drama, and like they went and put black people in it. Like, well done." But um, yeah, they they then did absolutely nothing with that character. I thought the trap episode was going to be his episode in the way that Caitlin had a couple episodes that were about her, but nope. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, and and like the way that we find him in the jungle, like in the in the trap, like there's there's no way that he survived. Like like he was dripping blood and and had presumably been in that tree all morning. Like I, it was just yeah, a weird way to like kill him, but then to not say anything about it. Yeah, at um, one point Connor asked like, "Oh, how's Tully?" And Caitlin's like, "He was fine when I last saw him." Like, like, oh, I left him yeah. at the place, and he was fine. And it's like, no, he wasn't, because y'all never talk about him again or show him again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would, I, and I might do this. Um, I'd like to make, like, a super cut of all of Tully's lines in the whole show. I'm pretty sure it would be under a minute. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. By, yeah, a yeah. Lo- by a long shot. He doesn't do like, jack shit. Yeah. They just uh, did not use him. I think in the episode where he was introduced, he had a couple of lines. He had a, and and yeah and and in he kind of talked Fergus through becoming a father. That's like the the two parts where I can imagine him having like a decent amount of lines. But Longinus's plan in the bury your dad episode 
I feel like he shot himself in the foot in kind of a dumb way, and I, I think it was a bit poor writing. Like, Connor is trying to get these people to join him or, like, let him bury his dad, and they're like, no, we, we serve Longinus. Like, Longinus protects us. He's our dude. And Longinus shows up and is like, hey, fuck y'all, because you didn't kill Connor. I'm going to murder this entire town in the morning. And if Longinus hadn't said that, those people still would have been, like, worshipping him. Mm-hmm. Like, if he had just been like, hey, good job, guys, for not letting Connor bury his daddy. Uh, y'all are great. Now let's kill Connor. Here's some he more food or whatever. Let's kill Connor. Yay. He, he would have been set. Like, he had Connor beat. Like, he was, in fact, winning. But then he was like, nope, gotta murder everyone. Mm-hmm. That's, and, that's what I was talking about. Yeah. About, like, uh, Longinus's motives not making any sense and, like, not being able to take him seriously. Like, all of his plans are just so dumb and contrived to, like, make plot happen when yeah. in reality he, he could have killed Connor eight or nine times over in just those right. couple of episodes. Yeah. Right. Which then means that killing Connor must not be his main motivation. So then what is? Like, what are you trying to achieve here? I don't even think that, like, when it... Like, when I see shit like just Longinus being a bad villain, it, it like, takes me out of it, because I'm like, well, that's just shitty writing. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I, like, I guess it was, like, a problem budget-wise, but they did have the fact that he has, like, a final form in their back pocket. Like, he can turn into, like, a gray scaly demon monster at will. And, like, to not use that as, like, the Final Fantasy, like, final form boss of even of that episode of just, like, him busting out of out of the the cage. That would have been a great moment of, like, everything came together except for this. And then it's just, like, you know, we have the problem of how do we literally kill a demon? Um, I was satisfied with the cage ending because I was, I, I was sick of him. So I was like, oh, I, thank yes. God he stayed in that yes, fucking yes. cage. And and don't get me wrong. I love the way that that episode came together. I just felt like you're right. Like he he like becomes like a true evil villain in that episode six and seven run. And then just kind of like sits on his hands the whole rest of it. Like I, I want to see like if you're going to do that, deliver on it. Like show me what comes next. The only other thing. For me, that was a negative, and I'm gonna I'm need y'all to be here with me for this part. I missed our baby druid king. Yeah, me for too. sure. Yeah. I missed him so much. I, I thought about all the times he would have jumped into an episode, and it's like, oh, you would have you would have made everything so much better in this moment, baby druid king. You're so wise. I missed. I, I, I wonder, missed like, what happened to that guy? I gotta look him up on IMDb. Because, oh, that actor. Yeah. I did look Tully's actor up, thinking that maybe he escaped into something better, but Roar was the last thing he was in. Yeah, oh, this this show darn. seemed to be like a like a death knoll for a lot of these actors, or maybe it was like their big shot, like and and it just didn't work out. But did Fergus go on to do anything? Because I do think he was quite good. No, wow. not that I saw. Nothing, you know. Maybe maybe they're still working, which is you know nothing to to turn your nose up at, but nothing yeah. in anything prominent. Bummer. Um, any more negatives? I feel like we... There, there has to be more negatives. There was some real shit here. Um, um, what was the, the... The ghosty episode was... Uh, we have to talk about the... The very bad the flower uh, petal flowers. effect. Yes. Yeah, that was weird. Flowers. I was telling Andy that every time... Okay, so like... 
the flower petals were like this very bad CGI effect that was like superimposed over the 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 recording, like superimposed over the scenes that to indicate that it was like a flashback or whatever. And every time I saw those very bad, I I actually at first uh, I watched that specific episode on YouTube because the the Netflix DVDs didn't come in time. And I thought that it was one of those image distortion tricks that they use so that, like, the the bots don't realize that it's a show that's not allowed to be on YouTube, you know? Like, mm-hmm. they'll put, like, a weird, like, animated moving thing in the corner so that, like, it it looks different enough from from the, the bot-identifiable footage that it gets past the, the YouTube sensors. So I thought it was, like something that the uploader had like superimposed over the show but no it was just like to indicate that this is a flashback there's like rose petals and i kept right. thinking of you know in wayne's world where they go <laughs> like when they're about to start a flashback that's what i thought like the every i heard in my head when i saw those rose petals like yeah. across the screen yeah it it uh it was, it was because it was if you looked closely enough it was visual effects that were combined with like practical effects like there were times when like rose petals would actually be like falling on people's face and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was just like well then just do the practical like you're already doing the practical just let it let it be that like it, it can't possibly look worse than this the whole it, i think that you could have done without it like the whole thing was because like I guess the lightning struck and, and a rose fell from the sky to indicate to Catelyn that like her sister was coming for her. But like you could have even done without that. Like that was also because nobody really reacts to it. There's like, mm, that's weird. On with our lives. Like this episode overall, too. I felt like Catelyn's backstory was already like interesting enough with the like secret Christian shit. Yeah. That she had going on and like being part of that like secret society was enough. Mm-hmm. Adding in, like, such drastic tragedy of, like, being, like, sold into sex slavery and, like, having to, like, cut open herself and, like, abandoning her sister to that weird leper man to, like, mm-hmm. die as a, like, prostitute in the streets was so much, like, so heavy. And she didn't need it. And yeah. to... To have, like, more, like, sexual violence on women and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so much of that on TV. Like, did a fun fantasy show, like, fucking need that shit? Like, right. no, no, it didn't. Well, so, it, it it just goes back to, like, like, there are, again, some, like, romantic feelings between her and Connor. And it's just, like, this this person cannot have a romantic interest without them being, like, physically or mentally marred. In some way. And it's just like, I, I know that that's like a trope for these kind of shows, but it's just like, you've already done it to her. You're already, she's already suffered. Like, yeah, she already, like, she already had an interesting backstory. And yeah. like, they tried to cram so much emotional baggage into that one episode just through like framing it with a flashback, continuing mm-hmm. to flashback. Like, we had to reveal all of this stuff just so that this like possession thing made sense. And yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't good backstory, and it was just a lot. Yeah. And then also, like, again, that wasn't brought up after that. Like, she didn't have enough screen time 
to like make that make sense. Yeah, there was no real payoff at all with it. And yeah. um, again, like Tully could have used an episode. Yeah, like, it was I, Tully's I, backstory I, episode. I, I hate I hate to say that like you know in in a fantasy medium where women rarely get the spotlight. Like, hey, give me less of this woman. But uh, they explored Tully, the only black character on the show, 0%. And I think the actor did a fine job with what he had. And it would have been great to have a Tully-centric episode. Um, yeah. And they, they could have done something really cool with apparently the only black person in all of medieval England. <laughs> no, that's not true. They had that black... Um, wizard man early, early on. The merchant. Yeah, yeah the yeah. merchant. Yeah. So is that a is that a cap on this this television show? I feel like there was probably more stuff to complain about, but yeah, that can be a cap. That could be a cap. Uh, so we are now at the end of another television show. We're saying goodbye to another season of television, and I gotta ask Evan. Yes, Ronnie. The whole kit and caboodle. Everything from episode 1 to episode 13, 1997 through 2000 of Heath Ledger's Roar. Did it work? Hmm. You know, I've been on, on the fence this whole time. I think this is the first series of episodes. No, this is the second after that chunk with like episode 7 in it where I, I felt like it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I'm like... I'm going to be a little gentle on this show, and I'm going to say that as a whole, it, it was I Like, there was some bad, weird shit in there, but, like, was it overall, like, as a whole, an unpleasant experience? No. So, uh, it's just barely skating by, but I'm going to say that it worked. Andy. Yeah, Ronnie. This whole Heath Ledger and a bag of chips episode of Roar, this whole season of Roar, the the one and only season of Roar, did it work? In a bizarre, cheesy way? Yeah. Yeah, Roar worked. I I hated some episodes, and uh, I hated some characters, but overall... Roar fucking hits it for me. It's it's a little problematic at times, and I don't want to overlook that, but uh, I still really enjoyed it. it. It's silly in all the right ways. Heath Ledger's kind of kind of hot. I think he's only like eighteen or nineteen, but so that's a, maybe a little creepy of me. But he's he's grows up to be a very fine young man. <laughs> hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did this whole smorgasbord of experiences mm. that that was Roar starring Heath Ledger <laughs> did it did it work for you? It definitely did. I there is definitely that patch in the center where we all kind of had a collective ugh, but from the start to the finish outside of those episodes i was hooked i i like maybe it's because i missed like really getting involved with xena and really getting involved with like hercules and i didn't really watch even that much buffy like 
maybe I'm just have missed out on these shows and need to go back and visit like what a good one really is. But I, I really enjoyed this. Like, I, yeah, yes, it did. Like I could note, I, I can see a lot of like where they are just totally ripping off popular movies of like Indiana Jones and, and um, Magnificent Seven and, and a lot of, and you know, I, I, there's a real morality play in the um, uh, leprosy ghost episode. Um, but I just, I loved it. I was really on board for it. And I wish, I, I wish this is, you know, we always talk about what we would do for season two. This is one of the few times where I really, really wish we could see like what was going to go on on season two for a show that like writing wise, I'm not the plot itself is like it, it would have been nothing. But like I would I, I want more of this content. Boy, do I have a pitch for season two. Oh, boy. Well, let's just dive right into that then. Andy, you want to you want to lead off this pitch meeting? All right. So it does a quick recap of season one and every time like something cool happens it flashes to a table with some poorly drawn maps and some miniatures and some dice mm. and people rolling for initiative and it's a D game taking place in a basement and all of the main characters are actually being played by like 14 year old children and uh that's why nothing historically makes sense yeah that's why everything is bizarre and silly and the tone keeps switching uh the dm is not it's his first campaign uh or you know what it's her first campaign i'm gonna make it a girl as the dm uh tully's parents freak out about the satanic panic and he's not allowed to play anymore (laughs) And, and so like during the recap like you find out that like that's why tully's gone uh and why he was barely doing anything is because the dm was constantly like running that character after the player had to leave. Uh, And then, like, season one quickly ends, and then season two is focusing on not just the characters and showing them, but also showing more of the players and their, like, real-life drama and what's going on there. But uh, we never see the players outside of the basement, just like in How I Met Your Mother, like, you never see Ted, and the kids are always on the sofa. Mm-hmm. But that's the sort of my pitch for season two. I don't know exactly where the storyline is going to go with like the roar characters, but I love the idea that it's just a game of fucking D and D. Because in my mind, roar really did feel like uh, watching a D and D storyline. Like it's kind of shitty and bad in that cheesy kind of way, in that R.A. Salvatore kind of way. No offense to Bob. No, full full offense to Bob. But uh yeah, that's that's the sort of storyline Roar felt like to me. And um I, I I think that'd be like a really fun lens to view season two through. Sure. And like bizarre and different, and just like Roar was constantly bizarre. Alright, anyone else pitch for season two? Mine's not so oh, go ahead, Ronnie. I I mean, I like mine. Um so we, we, but if Evan, if you want to go first, feel free. Mine's uh, easy to follow because it's not much, but um, I, I genuinely, unsarcastically feel that had they not had that incredibly bizarre, like, just just sailing off the rails that they did 
uh, around the middle of this season. Like, there's a, a good chance they wouldn't have got canceled. I don't know the actual reason they got canceled, but like, had they not sort of like started to find their voice and then like flown off into space for three episodes and then had to reestablish what they were doing, uh, like. They were on, they had a good formula, honestly. It's the same formula that worked for Xena and Hercules and all of the other kind of cheesy, uh, low-budget, but big-heart uh, 90s TV shows. And uh, as long as Diana was in charge, uh, Connor had a clear goal of, like, uniting the tribes and, um, like the crew remained relatively consistent. I really think they could have had a perfectly adequate season two, just doing the same sort of episodic thing as long as they did it as well as they did it in the few episodes where it was good. You know, like episode 12. Uh, like, I think episode three was the one with the Banshee. That was good. Like, they just encounter new adventures as they're going about this specific and clear goal of uniting the tribes and like everything remains pretty much the same from episode to episode they're just encountering new stuff yeah yeah i mean I, that that is that is what would happen like yeah. if they made a season two like it's it's i don't think that they would completely tear up the script and start over they would just kind of continue with this this plot they have and continue like this monster of the week or you know new tribe of the week or something like that so. And when when that works, it's fun, and people yeah. enjoy watching it, and I would yeah. enjoy watching it. So yeah, that's all that I I have very modest aspirations for a potential season two, and I would have kept watching it. Yeah, for me, I would have gone real hard into the supernatural, like like far more than this this season kind of did. Um, there is in Celtic mythology, there like other realm is called the other world um and it's a thing where heroes kind of wander in there being invited by one of its residents or like by like an otherworldly woman can invite them in and you get there by going through like caves and like uh the, the sea and, and going underwater and stuff like that i think that connor feels like super conflicted about you know Bridget and the Banshee and all these people, primarily women, that have have died kind of at his at his hand or because of his folly. And uh, I think he like seeks out this other world and he finds it, but he opens up that door and like shit goes bad. Like, you know, all the sprites are free and, and there's fire everywhere. Like, I think this like, the place just turns upside down and of course, like if you get there through the sea, then you better believe that that Longinus found his way there, and maybe we get Ooh. my f yeah, we bet you we and he's being treated like a god because he you know is immortal and all that, and and maybe we get that final form battle of of all the team against Longinus with all of his his medieval uh, minions, his Celtic uh, mythical minions and stuff like that, and. And it's just like a, you know, trying to stay alive in this, you know, post, post-apocalyptic. But boy, the apocalypse happens quickly in this, in this timeline. It, it, this, this, this world doesn't last long. 
I, I um, would love if uh, Jehovah like threw the spear back sure. at Connor, yeah, so that he could have one final battle with yes, like evil fairy king Lodginess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mix it all up. Have David Bowie it. show up as the Goblin King. Mm. Mm-hmm. That'd be mm-hmm. great. They couldn't afford David Bowie. Well, no. Well, 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 no, of course they couldn't afford David Bowie. But I'm talking about a David Bowie-esque Goblin King. But this is also Heath Ledger's bankrolling this show after all the money he made on 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. And so so maybe there's maybe there's something there. Maybe that good, good patriot money amounts to something. So, uh, so yeah. There's there's our uh, our pitches. Uh, what, what, what are our subtitles? Uh, mine is... Uh, just you know, mine's roar it, other world. Mine's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Sure. As much as I'm gonna title mine like Salvatore's wet dream, uh, that's probably not <laughs> like, gonna gonna sell. So um, I love when shows want to do a D and D episode, but they're not allowed to say Dungeons and Dragons. So we'll we'll call it mazes and longinesses. <laughs> that's works. That works. All right. So mages and longinuses. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And roar, colon, other world. Uh, they'll be up for a vote this week. So uh, hop on that Facebook, hop on our Twitter, and, uh, and and let us know which one you would want to see. Any any uh, any fan mail or reviews? We didn't get any reviews, but we did get some very, very lovely fan mail. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Let me, let me bring that up real quick. It's... Uh, it's from our very good friend, uh, former, uh, not former, current. Uh, they they uh, um, have have left a review for our podcast, an excellent review. It's in, in the Hall of Fame as one of the best. It's our friend Nate. It's our friend Nate from Nate. Uh, from uh, Enter the Cage Pod, also from Satan and Rainbows Pod. Um, they uh, they they wished us well. On uh, on our new uh, our new family, uh, Nate says, "Friends, I'm so proud of you for continuing to make such great content while saying so consistently funny and positive. It's no surprise to me that y'all have been snapped up by a network, and Lunar Light looks like a wonderful, inclusive family. It is just terrific to have to have Nate as a part of our network, as a part of our community. Um, he, he says, "Congrats to Evan on the new job." Oh, thanks, um, Nate. And uh, we love and you, also. Nate. And also, he very much wants a Dragon Age recap, but he already left a review on Apple Podcasts, and he dareth break the law with a fake username. So this is this is a person with multiple podcasts, and they they kind of was they're, they're beholden. Him, was that him admitting he's a cop? Oh, Nate! Nate, are you a cop? Nate, are you a cop? You gotta tell us, bud. You gotta tell us if you're an iTunes cop. He's got two. He's got two podcasts. So like, I think at that point, you you get a little bit of like. Hey, hey! Just, just let us know if you see anything strange out there. See something, say something on those, uh, on the Apple webs. You become a volunteer deputy, whether you yeah. like it or not. Maybe. Yeah. Well, even though you're you're a big podcast narc, Nate, we love you. We uh, do. We do love you. And uh, so we're thanks on, so much. We're on to you, though. You can't. Yeah. You, you can't, can't pull us. one over on us. Right. Um. So so yeah. That that's all we've got for today, Ronnie. Um, can we do Dragon Age next? Please. We can do Dragon. Well, next we're gonna do Roar, and when we, can, we just or, no, did we're not. Roar. Next we're gonna. I'm gonna confuse this the entire time. Next we are going to do Rise, uh, NBC's Rise that came out in 2018. Um, I am very in, excited to get fucked up though. 
Yeah, well, we have to we find a time when we can get do that. So smashed. Yeah, we, we are. I can't we are wait gr- to talk about the Cune. We are we are grown ups with jobs, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to find an opportunity to really like go as hard as we did for Smallville. But we're we gonna will, get we our, will do it. Just we're gonna drink with our kitties too. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't let your kitties drink. <laughs> no, we're not gonna give them drinks. They're just okay. Gonna watch no, we're gonna give drink. them some uh, some catnip. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. They're gonna fair. get fucked up on some catnip, <laughs> and we're gonna get fucked up on some hard liquor. So yeah, we'll be we'll be doing rise in and the midst of that. We'll be doing our our Dragon Age uh, bonus secret, episode. We're secretly y'all, recording it. Y'all won't know until it's yeah. ready, but we're recording it. Y'all have earned it. Thanks so much for leaving reviews. Thanks so much for for all the hard work that you've put in, um, and for all the feedback. We want to thank the Lunar Light Network for yes. for being our our pals. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And l- let's plug some. Let's plug some uh, some friends over yeah. at Lunar Light. What, what are some shows that we're listening um, to right now? So, so a show that's going to be coming out probably when let me see when this is going to come out. Um, are you about to plug advertising? I'm about to plug advertising. Oh, I knew you were going to dig that one. It, I love it. Go to Badvertising Pod. It's just advertising with a B in front of it. Badvertising Pod on Twitter. There is a preview of their episode. It is just delightful it sounds like their their episodes are going to end with ad pitches that are just terrible and and hilarious as somebody in marketing i am very much looking forward to that like twist and take on that on the comedy genre being done through that lens so very hyped for that um my my plug is going to continually be cryptid keeper uh i'm loving it so much it's so good it's so good i fucking love the cryptid keeper it's a great podcast. Go listen to it. Yeah. Yep. All these podcasts and more you can find at uh, Lunar Light Studio, singular, lunarlightstudio.com. Um, check it out. Uh, it, it is a, a young and growing network. Um, we are so excited to be a part of it. And we want all of you to be excited about it, too. It just means that we get to like keep giving you this content. And now we like feel even more compelled to do a good job. I also want to plug everyone that has given us like iTunes reviews and shared the show with a friend. Like we wouldn't have gotten the attention of Lunar Light if not for people telling friends about the show, leaving iTunes reviews, Mm -hmm. uh, sharing the show on Twitter or on Facebook. And so like, thanks so much guys and please keep doing it because we want to impress our new, our new family. So uh, keep, Keep plugging us and keep giving us those sweet, 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 sweet iTunes reviews. And we love you all very, very much. We need yep. them to be proud of us. We want to make yeah. our sugar sugar mommies proud of us. <laughs> Affirmation is so much of what I crave in all of life. Y'all know this. I talk about it all the time. But now we've got podcast moms and I need to please them. Yes. We need to please them. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everyone. And um, remember, the greats are great because they paint a lot.